Blog Talk Radio. Well, good day, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford, and we're coming to you live on 12 Insights Radio today, May the 9th. We're live in Toronto, Ontario. We're sitting in the, the office of the High Road Communications, which is a great uh, spot to be in for uh, you know media relations, especially with dealing with Microsoft, because High Road does all the Microsoft media relations in Canada. So this is a wonderful place to be, and a little bit of a buzz going on. So a little bit of background noise, so please bear with us as we uh, have our show today uh, on Small Business IT Radio. We're going to be joined by two great uh, people here in a few minutes. We're going to have Ken Thorson from Acumen Management and Mike Sosinski from Cyan Corporation. We're talking about how we make our salespeople succeed or why salespeople succeed in today's small business IT marketplace. Before we jump into that, I want to just kind of go through some quick housekeeping and some, uh, some events that are coming up in the next little while. Our dial-in line is open at area code 646-716-5372. We have uh, capability to take live questions, so if you have a question, please feel, to, feel free to dial in and ask your, and we'll take you on the air and you can ask your question. We also have the chat window open through blogtalkradio.com slash FME. You find the chat window and you can come on, uh, online there and ask your questions via the chat window. Um, as you may know, Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference is just around the corner, July 7th to the 10th in Houston, Texas. Um, great place to be in, in the summer, Houston in July. I'm sure my uh, guests will uh, agree with me there. If you can deal with the heat, get down to Houston because it's going to be a great week of content around, the, around what Microsoft's going to be planning for their fiscal year 2009, which starts July 1st. So get down there. There's a special $400 discount for small business specialists that you can take advantage of. And, and get down there. Spend the week down in Houston because, again, it's one of those things that just you need to do in your small business to give you that competitive advantage over everybody else in the market. So let's just kind of rip right into our uh, to show today. We have a little bit of a shorter show today because of uh, scheduling and ways that people need to uh, get to other uh, meetings and events. I'm just going to bring in our guest here right now. We have Ken Thorson. Ken joins us from uh, Tennessee. He's the president and founder of Acumen Management. Uh, Ken, I've known you for a long time, but give us a quick overview of what you do and what Acumen Management does for the small business IT professional. Uh, good day, Stuart. Great to be with you. I'm excited to be able to share some ideas and thoughts with your audience around our topic today. But our organization was actually created about 11 years ago to really help the Microsoft partner organization and channel partners grow their organization. Our primary focus is around business and strategic sales management, which tends to be a weak link in a lot of organizations, really helping the partner organization increase their profitability and increase the productivity and performance of their sales and marketing organizations. We do that through helping them recruit and train them how to recruit better salespeople, how to compensate those salespeople, how to measure and build accountability and dashboards along with market planning. Well, good, good afternoon. Or good morning. Is it afternoon where you are, Ken, or is it still morning in, in Tennessee? It is now three minutes into the afternoon. There you go. So we're, I'm, I'm confused because we're usually on mountain time, which is still in the morning on Friday, but now being on the East Coast, it's uh, Eastern time for me today, so it's afternoon now. And Mike Sapinski joins us from the Cyan Corporation in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Mike's the president of Cyan. Mike, introduce yourself and give us a quick rundown about what Cyan does in in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area and how, how you guys go to market in the small business space. Thank you, Stuart. Um, yeah, Cyan Corporation is a small business IT specialist. 
Um, our focus is in more in the areas of vertical market integration in three key areas of nonprofits, uh, charter schools, as well as in the financial services industry. And uh, um, very similar to what IT Matters does, we're an infrastructure-based uh, organization. Well, good uh, good morning to you. I know it's morning still in the in the cities there, so good morning to you. So, guys, we got a lot of stuff happening out there. The, the the culture is changing in small business. We've got economic uncertainty all around us. I mean, price of oil is like 125 somewhere out there. I saw this morning. Uh, we've got the Dow Jones up 250 one day, down 500 the next day. There's all kinds of stuff out happening in the marketplace out there, and I'm sure this is taking its toll on our you know our fellow professionals. Ken, what are you guys seeing you know as out there around the changing environment? I know that's one of the hot topics right now. That's a great issue, and I think it's important for the uh, partners that are listening today and, and observing this program to think about the impact that they have on their sales teams, on their technical teams, on the management of their organization. Um, I recently did a program called Navigating the Recessionary Waters, and the whole topic was around the fact that it's a mental thing, it's a sales thing, and it's a leadership thing. And really what has to happen is from a leadership perspective, you really have to understand the motivational issues that are happening and maintain a positive uh, attitude with your organization. Even though it may be gnawing at you inside, you have to have a vision for your business and a focus of where you're going. From a salesperson's perspective, I think it's critical that where we find organizations that are failing or salespeople who are struggling is that the salespeople really don't have a plan of how they're going to achieve their goals. You know, Stuart, in good times, there's always a top-performing salespeople and there's average salespeople. There's a difference between top performers and average people. In tougher times, the disparity actually grows. And we find the difference really gets back to uh, commitment to professionalism. We find that there's, uh, in reality, in tougher times, people have to work harder for their business. And there's certain things that salespeople need to do in tougher times in order to grow their business. But fundamentally, they're the same things that need to be done in good times, just that there are fewer opportunities when things get tight, dollars start to be pulled back, and we believe there are certain things salespeople need to do. So, Ken, what are some of the characteristics that you see with you know, the top-performing salespeople? And I can name off maybe a couple off the top of my head that they really understand the, the needs of the, of the clients that they're talking to or the prospects they're talking to. They, they are, you mentioned professionalism, uh, is there anything that we may be missing here, like little golden nuggets that you can share with us? Absolutely, and we see it in top-performing people, like I said, in good times and bad times, but it's something that every partner can focus with their sales team on today to improve their odds over the next six months to 12 months that we think this is going to occur. First of all, we find that top performers have an ability to listen to what the customer is saying. The second thing that's really critical that we see a lot of technology people failing to do is being able to what I call connect the dots. And what I mean by that is not only listening to what the prospect is saying, but asking great questions about what the business challenges are, what the business issues may be, and then be able to understand what, how the technology that you all have can solve those business problems and then tying in the technology solution back to the real benefits that resolve the business challenges people have in their business today. We also recommend that they have to be able to understand what questions they're asking, but they also have to be able to interpret 
what the answers are to those business-oriented questions. Too many times we find technology people getting excited about a business problem and starting to open up the funnel and start talking about the technology buzzwords and issues and the business owner's eyes just simply glaze over. So we're suggesting that you need to train your salespeople more effectively, number one, to listen, number two, to ask the business questions, and then be able to connect the dots between what the problems are, the technologies are, and be able to relate them back to the benefits you're working with. Those of you, and we believe every partner should have a vertical market, know what we're talking about. Mike and I were talking earlier about the fact that, that in a vertical market, you really have to understand the business issues and understand what's happening out there. At the same time, be able to relate how your solution can solve those business issues. In a vertical market, it's more critical than ever to do that because people you're competing with tend to also know that vertical market. And those are the first three things we think that are very important for salespeople to know. So, Mike, Ken mentioned that you, you specialize in vertical markets, and you mentioned that at the, at the start of the show. What are some of the tips that you can share with partners that are you know, thinking about either doing the shotgun approach or uh, I had a, the opportunity this week to listen, or earlier to listen to Sean Wise, who uh, was the producer for a great TV show here in Canada called Dragon's Den. He was talking about the shotgun versus the rifle approach. Mm-hmm. I imagine, Mike, that you're taking the rifle approach where you're pinpointing exactly where you want to uh, put your business. And how important has that been to science? Well, it's allowed us to become subject matter experts in particular vertical markets that we work with. I mean, there's a double-edged sword with doing a rifle approach. Um, you know, the positive in working with, within a vertical market on a, with a rifle approach is one that you become the subject matter expert, people to you more often in regards to issues that they're having. Um, you, you, because you're the subject matter expert, people have a tendency to listen to you and open up to you with their, their business problems in regards to what Ken was talking about earlier. Um, the flip side of it is, as well is as a business, you have to really service that client that much better. Um, in a particular vertical market, because vertical markets by nature are not large in size. In fact, many times where you find the best success in vertical markets is in the smaller markets where you might have only 15 or 20 companies uh, or organizations in your area that might be doing what the type of work or in, in a competitive situation. So you have to really service those clients much, much better um, in, those, in those vertical markets. Otherwise, you really hurt yourself. So vertical market integration is a great tool uh, for any sales organization or IT organization uh, in, rec- in, um, in comparison to the shop approach where you really can't become a subject matter expert at anything other than the individual technology that you sell. It's just become too much in the environment that we have now where you need to meet the customer's business needs as well as their infrastructure or IT needs. Um, as part of the whole solution um, than it was five years ago where it was really more or less IT infrastructure based. Well, Ken mentioned, you know, in, in, in happening times, you know, the business seems to have fallen or lapsed, and when it's a little tougher, a little leaner like it's happening right now, is we have to go out there and use our salesmanship or our skills to drum up or, or hunt out that business or I don't like the word hunt, but you know, to go out and develop the market. 
Mm -hmm. Mike, you know, what, what are you guys seeing, Mike, in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul? Are you seeing it, the economy slowing down a little bit or the same of the same? Or, I, mean, I, I, think, I like to think that we're on a little bit of a, an advantage here because we have some great mentors like uh, you know, people at HGG. I'm definitely not seeing a slowdown in our market, but I'm hearing from other partners that it's slowing down a little bit. What are you seeing in the, in the cities there? Um, it was slow for about six months. Um, it's starting to pick back up is what I'm seeing. Um, again, that could be based on the markets that I provide to. Um, overall, in talking to other you know, HTG members as well as talking to other IT owners um, in the business market, you know, it was slow in the last quarter or the fourth quarter of 2007, kind of slow in the first quarter of this year. Uh, people were basically about even to where they were last year. There was not a lot in the way of sales growth, not too much in the way of decline either. Um, certainly, there, people have been, uh, from a client perspective, have been uh, questioning or much more conservative in regards to how they're spending their money. So kind of going on what Ken said, you're working harder uh, to get a deal right now than you have historically in the past. Stuart, let me uh, jump on that comment a little bit. I think it's valid. What we've seen across North America is that most partner pipelines are in pretty good shape right now. As we work with partners and, and analyze their business projections and where they are, they feel pretty good. My concern is, and this is a, a comment, I just wrote an article recently for Redmond Channel Partner Magazine um, about this, and I really talked about the fact that smart partners are – understanding that their pipelines are going to be impacted in the late fall uh, and next year because the industries we tend to be working with are starting to feel the impact of $4 of gasoline, uh, the price of commodities and, and the housing issues, the credit crunches. That rippling effect hasn't really been totally felt in the marketplace yet. So we believe that the fourth quarter and the first quarter are going to be much more difficult than most people have anticipated before. Now, I've happened to have gone through three other recessionary periods, including the dot-com bubble, and while that took about 18 months, two things happened. It weeded out the weak players, but more importantly, it started getting people aware of how to sell to the business issues versus the technology issues. We're recommending to many partners to get outside of IT and starting to talk about how their solutions can impact the sales of the companies they're working with, the marketing of those organizations. So I'm working in SharePoint. I should be talking to marketing and sales and HR about how SharePoint can improve the business from that perspective rather than staying with IT. In the past, in, in good times, IT tends to have maybe three major projects they're going to budget for. In good times, that, all three of those may be awarded. In tougher times, you may have three budget elements that are going to be addressed in IT, but only one of them are going to be funded now. So I think there are certain things that salespeople and sales managers and leaders need to focus on. I think they need to strategize more effectively on every call. I think they have to think about uh, better pre-call research. I think they need to strategize on how we're going to win this opportunity. So planning becomes very critical in that area. I think seeking outside influencers and relationships and building the organization so that you increase the number of opportunities you have. And what I mean by that is I believe every partner should have three to five what we call business ecosystem partners, people who sell 
non-competitive but related products and services into the same market and having a concerted plan over 6, 12, and 18 months to train each organization within that partnership of each other's products and services and be able to develop a coordinated marketing plan. I think you also need to reach out sometimes in greater geographics to just to increase the number of opportunities. So a whole variety of things need to come into place in order to be successful in these kinds of tougher times that I think are going to get tougher than they are today. And I would just to add to that, I think you also need to add, you need to provide a greater um, a greater list of uh, recommendations to clients as well. Um, you know, a good hot topic right now that's happening in IT is you know replacement of pay backup solutions is a good example. And clients are this is a general frustration across the board for most clients is you know their their how to how to improve on their existing pay backup solution technology and just giving them alternatives and provide rather than just providing one which is typically what our what salesperson's tendency is in good times of saying hey just buy this one um, in a, in a in a little harder time right now what you really need to do is provide more of a business case around the one that you may want to recommend. Also provide them some other secondary ones that they can certainly go with as well. I don't know if you've seen that as well, Ken. Absolutely. Um, we think that when we're actually working with some partners right now on repackaging their various services and, and almost packaging them in a product format, and we're trying to create in each case a lower price point so it's easier to get in the door. So rather than selling, for example, a large security assessment or some other types of consulting professional services that we're providing a low cost, for example, a backup and disaster recovery plan that might be a lower price point, but just get in the door and to repackage our products and services beyond that. So I think that's very important. The second thing I think I might also suggest, which is the number two biggest problem in the channel, is that the partners really have a poor ability to create a value proposition for their organization. In other words, trying to come up with a marketing message of why should people buy from you. The more clear you are on that and more that you speak to the business case of your prospects about making it easy for them to grow, making it more profitable for them to survive, um, is very important in looking at that. So we think that's a number two issue that people need to focus on in these kinds of elements. And, and for salespeople to be more successful, the salespeople have to be uh, trained more effectively on a more rigorous basis, and they have to be able to be able to understand the value proposition and be able to clearly describe what that is to the prospect. So, Stuart, those are the things we think are critical in today's world. Well, I wrote down a couple of notes here, Ken, and um, I've been on a kind of this last week has been my partner tour. I, I do one of these every every year, and it perfect coincides with my. Uh, you know, my ACG meeting next week and, and a few other things, but I'm on my partner tour, which means I go to, I spend a week on the road and I go to Microsoft and I go to Dell and I, our remote monitoring package uh, solution that we do, uh, I spend a week with the tech data people or three days with the tech data people. And that, you know, having those partners and understanding what their marketing strategies are and where they're going to market and then putting our marketing strategies in, in tune with what they are will also give us that competitive advantage in the market instead of taking that shotgun approach and just trying to win the business. So that's one area, and we can comment on that in a second, the importance of having strong partnerships. And I also wrote a blog posting, I think it was yesterday, uh, Ken, about the, doing those little things. 
And what I, and I think we kind of hit that on the surface a little bit, going out, you know, doing little extra little things that, you know, in good times we wouldn't uh, invest the time on, but you know, doing those little things like, uh, you know, looking at the rebates and the promo uh, options and leveraging that into our uh, into our sales proposals and, and understanding how, you know, if a client wants to buy 100 pieces of office, how you can save them a little bit of money with a back end rebate or promo promotion. And then, then this all kind of comes into being creative and understanding the creativity around we need to do business. Mike kind of touched on that on uh, you know the backup solution and having you know in the good times you just go and pitch one, but having creative enough to see two or three different options here and giving the client the ability to choose what's the best fit for them, you know, business wise, uh, maybe budget wise as well. So Mike, maybe what what do you what's your comments on on some of those things? Like you know maybe the you know let's just start with the partners, you know. One of the things we get uh, mentioned all the time in our HEG meetings is the importance of our vendor partners. And what have you learned uh, about that over the last little while? Well, I mean, just to use an example of the backup solution, I mean, partners are, their primary goal is to make us more successful. I mean, there's no, there's no question about that. And creating good partnership relationships with your vendor partners it's such a key and, and an important role uh, in order to grow your business. I mean, this is something that, you know, personally speaking, I lacked greatly up until the last year. And through uh, a lot of the relationships that I've created with yourself and other members of HTG, I mean, that it's become more paramount uh, in regards to uh, the importance of understanding and and understanding the partner's business segments where they want to, uh, where their goals and objectives are and how you can match your goals and objectives for your business with their goals and objectives and really creating a strategy together. I, mean, I can give you an example if you're interested in one. Um, I, I did a speech up, up in northern Minnesota for uh, about 100, 100, 150 banks, and I partnered both with uh, uh, two partners uh, of ours. One is called Sonic Wall, which is you know, a great firewall company, great organization, and also with Zenith uh, Infotech, which is a, uh, a remote backup solution, and I did a speech in regards to remote backup solutions. Um, Sonic Wall, in particular, helped uh, bring representation there. I had a sales engineer there as well as the regional sales manager. They provided me with marketing materials. They've even gone as far as to um, take the you know the information that I was able to get on, on people who were visiting uh, the speeches to actually follow up with them in particular because they recognize that with the size of my organization, I don't have a great uh, timely mechanism to do follow-up with 100, 150 organizations. So they're doing that with us, and they're doing online demos for, for the potential clients, and they're really trying to assist us in any way that they can. You know, a year ago, two years ago, when, before I really had these tighter relationships with uh, you know, Sonic Wall or Ingram or other organizations, you know, that would have been really forced upon me. And my success, my success in finding those opportunities and success in, in closing those deals just wouldn't have been there. And uh, Ken, anything that you can add from this, from what you train your clients with on the sales side about you know leveraging or keeping their sales efforts in tune with what the partners are doing? Well, I think there's uh, probably three things that came to mind listening to Mike talk about that is that. Beyond the vendor partners, I was speaking also to making sure you reach out and develop other reseller, vendor, non-vendor partners to help you sell in the marketplace. Today, I think the challenge is you have to train your salespeople and your sales management team to 
speak to the business issues. As I said, as I said earlier, it's more critical than ever that you understand what's happening in their business issues, what's happening in their industry, and be able to empathize and speak to what's going on in the marketplace and how your solutions can solve their business challenges. I think that's very, very important. The other element you mentioned, Stuart, was talking about one of the extra little things you can do, and we call that marginal value. And one of the things that we believe in from a creativity and a sales leadership perspective is looking at your business and say, how do I prove my value proposition, and what are some things I can do that are different? Number one, by speaking the client's language and doing the pre-call research and asking how they, what challenges they have, start to build that. But beyond that, you have to look at little ways that you can stand out. And when you can follow up and provide them the details you need, you'll be able to help them more effectively solve those issues. So that becomes very critical. But the real issue is trying to walk in and look at what you can solve, but perhaps having another partner that maybe have other solutions that you don't have, that the two of you can solve a greater business problem for your client will add more value. And we think that's a critical element in looking at how do I uh, sell more in these days. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, I want to kind of jump in there for a second because, Mike, not to give away too much for my great idea for next week, because I'm ineligible to win anyway, so it doesn't matter. I could say it anyway. But uh, uh, one of the things we have done, Ken, in Calgary, is we've started an elite IT group where we invite in our telephony people and maybe an online backup company and our AV people. Not, I mean, audiovisual, not antivirus. Uh, I, local ISPs, uh, some of the big players, and we get together for lunch every week and we, or every, sorry, every month. We, we chat about the marketplace and what's happening. And it's not like your traditional leads club where you just get together and share leads. This is almost like our HEG peer group, but we do it locally across different markets or different. We're in the IT market, but we're doing it with you know different market segments. So the I, you know myself doing IT professional stuff. Um, the AV guys, the telephony guys. Is that what you're talking about by you know, reaching out to local partners? Absolutely. I mean, I think you know, there may be an opportunity to find a Dynamics customer or a partner or a Sage partner or someone who's offering other solutions that your typical customers may need. Like you said, you may find a, a unified communications person that you're not in that marketplace. And finding three to five organizations who have same culture, same values, that you can uh, offer non-competitive but related products and services to your marketplace. And we're suggesting several things. It's one thing to meet and talk, and we think that's a critical way to start and build trust and relationships. But the real outcome is for each party to, to agree to some success matrix so that at the end of three months, six months, uh, and a year, that certain benchmarks have been achieved. Maybe total dollars that you proposed on, you might do some joint workshops together. We suggest if you're going to do trade shows, maybe you'll put your booth side by side at the trade show. Uh, your salespeople will go to their office to learn their industry. Their salespeople will come to your office to learn what you're doing. Uh, everybody throws X amount of dollars into the hat from a marketing budget, leverage the Microsoft Ready to Go campaigns, whatever it might be. But you actually put a game plan together to say, let's go after this market. In some organizations where we've done that, actually account lists are shared. My customers are shared with your customers. Uh, it's a very effective way to gain leverage. And what I'm suggesting is that if I have a great relationship with a client 
and I bring you in, you may not even knew, know that client or have access to that client, but because of my introduction and my trust and confidence in your ability to solve what they're looking for, I might make an introduction at a high level, and you have an opportunity to add a higher-level quality prospect to your pipeline. So absolutely, I believe in partnering. It's something we've, we've spoken on often at Microsoft events and other industry events, and it's critical that you look at how you can leverage your sales efforts. So that's, uh, I mean, that's key, and most IT professionals um, that I met are pretty much open uh, to that concept, but there's still a number that are keep their card pretty close to their chest and don't even want to venture down that road of even sharing customer lists. Mike, what are you guys doing in Minneapolis there? I know you've got some, even some great relationships going with other IT companies. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that is Eric's our sales company. Eric and I get together every couple of weeks just to, this is, enough, this is actually a person who um, in many circumstances would be considered a competitor to me. But Eric and I have become very open with each other and sharing information and sharing dialogue with each other in regards to how to make each other more successful because that's truly what we want to do. We want to have, I want Eric's company to be as successful as possible. I want my company to be as successful as possible, and he wants mine to be successful as well. So we're, we're sharing ideas, we're sharing concepts with each other. Um, you know, I take, things, I take things from Eric um, that he offers to me all the time. He takes items from me occasionally as well. Um, and then kind of going on what Ken was saying, we do have a couple of those strategic relationships with other companies outside of the IT industry. Um, not necessarily, I'm talking more infrastructure. Uh, ours are more around cabling and phone system kind of companies and trying to share data and sharing information with each other to make each other more successful. That is such a key component, whereas two years ago, you know, as an organization, we didn't do that very much. So we felt like we were kind of isolated and sitting out there. There's so much information to garner, so much information to gain from other organizations, be it a competitor or not, and just sharing that information with each other will make you, your organization, and probably theirs. And I know, Mike, you probably can relate to this too. We did the same thing in our Calgary market is that we, we support our local user group. We actually offer content up to our local user group. You know what? There's three or four competitors in that room, but in all, in all reality, we rarely run across them in the marketplace. And I know Eric's doing lots of stuff with you, and he's also working with the, the guys at MyTech Partners to have a, even a joint trade show where they're actually fighting each other's client list. So these are, two, these are three partners here, Ken, that are trusting each other even with the point where they're inviting each other's clients out to a joint trade show, that doesn't happen everywhere, or, or, or does it? Well, it doesn't happen enough. I can remember uh, many years ago when I ran a <clears throat> partner organization in Minneapolis where we actually did that. We tied in uh, other office products companies. We tied in other organizations, again, using their marketing dollars, their sales teams, and jointly bringing multiple prospects into a workshop. The key element around that I might add, is uh, when you promote that, it is not a technology fair. Uh, you need to position it in any workshops you do, any executive forums you have, any webcasts you do, as a business issue. So you have to come up with a theme about increasing the productivity. We just completed a six-city road tour for Microsoft in the information worker environment, and the whole workshop was around business planning, sales strategy, value proposition development, and go-to-market planning of how to increase the profitability and growth of your IW practice. Now, that content was pretty generic for all organizations. We had a huge partner turnout, but my message was the same. 
you came here because you wanted to learn about how to increase the profitability and growth of your business, and, and they received that. We had a, a tremendous evaluation scores. But my comment is, if you were expecting prospects to come to your executive forums, you have to have the language that is important to them and why they might want to attend. And that's why I believe in partnering dramatically. I think it will leverage yourself. But when you have joint workshops, executive forums, make sure you're speaking to the business issues, not the technology solutions. And don't be a, and just to add on to that, don't be afraid to bring in uh, somebody who is a better subject matter expert than you are, even if it happens to be a competitor. I mean, a great example that I brought up Eric's, uh, Eric Thorsell's company. Eric is pretty much a subject matter expert, um, you know, in, the, in North America is how I would describe him as, for SharePoint. And, you know, I, I have no, absolutely no problems with bringing his, his organization into a client or into an environment where I have multiple clients in to talk specifically about SharePoint services, SharePoint portal services. Well, that's the key, and that's, that's where the successful companies are successful, and the ones that continue to struggle uh, will have those continuous struggles. Now, Ken, we, in, the next, in the last few minutes that we have here, you, did that, you mentioned you did that information worker tour. Is there any gems from that that you can share with us? Uh, that you, you, know, you, you had one slide that you shared with me. Well, I think there were 10 tips on there about you know, success in the IW world. You know, can we pull three or four of those out that we haven't talked about already? Well, let me talk about one I have briefly mentioned, and then we'll move down that list. Uh, moving outside of IT is a critical element, whether you're in small business uh, or in mid-range type of clients. I think you need to train your salespeople to call to the people outside of IT, discuss with them what's happening from their sales organization, what's going on in their marketing programs, how are they increasing the effectiveness of their organization, or how are they increasing the competitiveness of their organization through the utilization of technology? Those are the types of questions you may want to get people asking. Number one, that's the most critical element, I think, that came out of the discussions. We created some case studies and ideas around how to improve collaboration capabilities within a business organization, and we got the salespeople to role play and work through that, or the executives to work through that, and they need to get their salespeople to be able to understand that. So that's number one. Number two, I think it's important that the, the focus is on making sure the salesperson is much more of a professional around understanding the business issues. I spoke a little bit to that before, but what we, we don't see enough uh, is we don't see enough role play in your sales meetings to ensure your salespeople can effectively ask the questions, understand the technology issues, and then relate the benefits back to that prospect, depending upon what their title is. Those are two things that are very, very important to think about. Three, uh, from a sales strategy perspective, we find a lot of salespeople tend to be on ro uh, automatic pilot. They know the seven steps of the sale. They try to execute them, and they don't spend enough thinking about their moves or thinking about what the next two steps they should be taking uh, and what the outcome of the meeting is. And so pre-planning, execution, thinking, and strategy become very critical elements around that. So it's less push of products, less push of technology, uh, but understanding the business issues was a clear case. The rest of the workshop is really around business planning, go-to-market planning, um, and the value proposition issues we talked about. Those are all critical elements for the partner org organization to succeed as they go forward.
So I hope hope that came through, Stuart, Stuart as you understood that. Sorry, guys. I, I don't know what happened there. You can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry. I, uh, my phone had cut out on me. Mike, in the last few minutes, do we have anything from your side that you can share with uh, the listeners or those that may be downloading this later on the MP3 file? Yeah, the only other thing that I could really add to that, um, Ken's, Ken's points are, are just brilliant points and points that we should all, uh, as partners, really try to strive ourselves around. Um, the, one, the only other thing I can add to that is as, a, uh, as an organization, if your goal is to understand uh, what you know, a particular business needs are in more global speak, really become close to the business associations that support them. Um, you know, if you have particular vertical markets, um, you know, focus on those business associations that are in your area that support those, those vertical markets. Almost every vertical has some form of business association. I don't know if you agree with that, Ken, but that's what I see. Like your chamber of commerce or things like that, right? Even more so than that, I mean, a good example is I, we're, I, I, we're partners with the Minnesota Bankers Association, which is a support organization for banks in the, in the, Minnesota, in the state of Minnesota. Um, you know, that understanding where the business association is coming from will allow us to better serve our bank clients is a, is a great example. Um, under, you know, there's going to be, depending on what your vertical market is, it could be chambers of commerce, it could be um, actual business associations that are in your particular market that will support those clients in those areas. Okay, so I understand. So, I mean, for us in the energy sector, maybe going to the petroleum organizations or, or to the engineering associations that support those industries. Uh, yeah, because you're going to find out more about what's more of a global perspective of the challenges that that, that market is going to be having. Yes, in our, in, our, in our vertical market workshops, we really stress that, Mike. Uh, we call it become a member, not a vendor, to the association. Mm -hmm. uh, really, a, I love that. That's we great. talk about becoming vertical wise, uh, and it's a critical element. We, we even recommend that you create an industry board of advisors uh, where you have the past presidents of the association, some industry consultants on your board, which becomes a great marketing tool, but also insights into what's going on in that marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, uh, absolutely. We, you know, as a business, we do uh, uh, quarterly briefings to charter schools in Minnesota uh, through the association that we're partners with, and it's it's just a great way, great avenue of education to uh, to the schools that are out there and other organizations. So, partnering with those business associations or organizational associations will just get you more educated about that market that you want to pursue and volunteer a lot of your time to help that association present itself in better light to its clientele. The more you make them successful, the more you'll become successful within that vertical. I mean, that to me is, is paramount. Well, they're always hurting for speakers and they're always hurting for content for their newsletters. That's, what I, that's one thing I, I always learned. Yeah, and you're great with that as an example. So guys, it's been great, and we promised we'd keep the show at about 40 minutes, so we're right on schedule here. Ken, any closing remarks before we sign off for today? Several things. Uh, again, training your people now is more critical than ever. Uh, if you go to our website at acumenmanagement.com, A-C-U-M-E-N management.com, there are three videos out there that are free uh, on how to hire salespeople, how to train salespeople, and how to plan for profit. 
There's a variety of articles out there that you can download free on how to run your organizations more effectively and how to work with your sales teams more effectively. There are also uh, five DVDs, almost five hours of training that are available, as well as something we call an online sales manager's toolkit, which is a content library of tools and ideas and, and spreadsheets and Word documents we've created for partners over the years on how to interview salespeople, how to hire and train salespeople. And uh, your listeners, normally that's a $935 value. We'll make it available for $595. Well, that's a great deal. And uh, I highly recommend Ken's uh, stuff. And I've had the, the privilege of being a, a good colleague of friend, uh, Ken for, for a number of years here. Mike, uh, in closing, if somebody's inspired by what you have to say and wants to reach out about talking about the vertical market you serve and maybe understanding a bit more, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can call me on my cell phone, which would be the easiest way, which is uh, area code 612-272-2300, or email me at com, which is F like Frank, A like Adam, F like Frank, I like Indigo, and like Nancy, F like Sam, K like Kite, I like Indigo, at Cyan, which is F like Sam, I like Yellow, A-N-D.com. Perfect. Gentlemen, it's been a real privilege to have you on as, uh, as panelists and guests today. I want to wish you a very successful uh, week. And Mike, I will see you next Wednesday on the golf course, my friend. Looking forward to it, sir. And guys, have a great weekend, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, just before we sign off, I just want to uh, bring you up to speed on the schedule that we have here on Small Business IT Radio. We have some great, uh, great shows coming up. We have Dana F. from Scorpion Software is going to be talking about uh, his product off Anvil. That's not next week. We won't have a show next week because I'll be in my HGG peer group. But I'll be on the, the following week. I do believe that's the 23rd of May. We have uh, some shows lined up with some Microsoft executives talking about Response Point. That's in June. And we also have some Microsoft people coming and talk about their Web 2.0 strategies and initiatives around what Microsoft is doing to uh, get into the Web 2.0 world. So that's in June. So go to our website at blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. That's blogtalkradio.com slash SMB if you speak the Microsoft language. This is Stuart Crawford, and we're in Toronto today. We're signing off for, uh, with Small Business IT Radio for another week. Uh, we won't be on next week. We'll be on in two weeks' time. So please make sure you tune in then. Until, uh, until the 23rd of May, have a great, successful two weeks, and we'll talk to you soon. 